Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And welcome and happy Friday to each and every one of you this August 19th, the year 2022. Um, Hope you're having a great day and winding down the work week. I don't know about you, but this this week seemed to go a heck of a lot quicker than weeks past. Maybe it's the anticipation of football season. Maybe it's the anticipation of another game for the Orleans Saints. Anyway, it um, it, it kind of flew by, in my opinion. Me, you may have a different opinion on that one, but kind of flew by for me. Um, so with that in mind, we are uh, ready to roll. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses uh, KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. We are streaming around the the, that planet we call Earth at 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Cadiana area, we are on television as we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's Headlines. Well, uh, we were preempted yesterday by the Houston Astros, who blew out the White Sox, winning their second in a row, seven of their last ten to increase their lead over the Seattle Mariners to 11 and a half games in the AL West. The Guardians um, have won seven of their last ten, but the Twins have won three in a row, and they've narrowed that gap. The Guardians lead Minnesota by one in the AL Central, and the Yankees continue to struggle. Look out. Here comes Tampa Bay. Here comes Toronto. Uh, The Yankees have lost seven of their last ten. They've had a terrible month of August, and that big-time lead has shriveled into in single digits. The Yankees lead the Rays and the Blue Jays by nine games apiece in the national league well it's the 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 atlanta braves have won nine of their last 10 and they have cut into the new york mets lead in the national league east the braves trail the mets by three and a half my st louis cardinals have won four in a row seven of their last 10 they've increased their lead over the milwaukee brewers in the nl central to three games and the astro i mean the dodgers excuse me um have won seven of their last 10, and they have the best record in baseball with 81 wins and the biggest um, differential between first and second. They lead the San Diego Padres by 17 games. It'll be the Saints versus the Green Bay Packers. After a couple of days of bashing each other on the practice field, they'll, they'll meet in a kind of, sort of, real thing game on Friday night, tonight. At Lambeau Field. Um, who's going to play tonight? That's that's what I'm curious to see. Is Dennis Allen going to take a similar approach uh, against Green Bay that he did against Houston? Um, when you th- 
take into consideration the Saints will likely rest most of their starters in the preseason finale next week. Who's going to play? One thing is certain, Jameis Winston will not suit up tonight, and the offense will be in the hands of Andy Dalton. It's a big night for Ian Book, who was uh, disappointing to say the least in his performance against Houston. He took five sacks. He turned the ball over twice. Uh, These next two weeks are critical and crucial for the second-year quarterback when it comes to roster cuts. Can he actually make an offense on the pro level function at a high level? We shall see. We shall see. Um, You know, the Dallas Cowboys committed all those uh, penalties, 17 in their first game. Well, the most important thing for the Saints and one of the most disappointing aspects of their preseason opener, man, they were loose with the football. As I said, Book fumbled once through an interception. Uh, Rookie running back Abram Smith fumbled near the goal line. Dwayne Washington fumbled. The Saints did recover that. Uh, Dennis Allen came out privately and publicly. Ball security, key. We'll see if the Saints can can clean that up. And can the Saints get some pressure on a quarterback for, for once in a while? We, they, they've done it in practice, but against Houston, there was no pressure whatsoever. Uh, and that's been an area of strength for the Saints in recent years. Can they get it done um, this time around? And can the Saints get some explosive plays? Against Houston in the preseason opener, they had zero plays of 20 or more yards in the ball game. So no explosive plays. Um, LSU football has a scrimmage coming up on Saturday. Matt House spoke to reporters today. We'll get a report from Wilson Alexander here in just a minute. And uh, one of the areas of my concern um, is the defensive secondary, in particular depth at cornerback. Uh, according to Matt House, the defensive coordinator, that's something that's become a stronger area after there were questions about it this offseason. House counted six players in the mix, including four veterans and two younger guys. So we'll talk to Wilson Alexander about that. Also, um, the versatility of one Micah Baskerville. Um, he's intelligent, according to House. He just needs to keep applying the physical part of the game. So uh, LSU set to have a scrimmage tomorrow. Uh, the Raging Cajuns are um, coming closer and closer to their um Part of camp where decisions will be made, still trying to figure out who the starting quarterback is going to be in the battle between Chandler Fields and Ben Woolridge. We'll talk with George Faust later on in the program about that. And uh, the McNeese Cowboys getting ready to rock and roll as well. Um, They have had, um, man, they're, they're practicing. The start of the semester is coming up. Um, so the opening scrimmage was in the books. They've got another one coming up, and the quarterback battle continues to resume there. Um, Knox Katum is has returned for, uh, to full participation. He's been throwing, but was on a limited pitch count because of, uh, f- because of an injury. Uh, that's the transfer from Virginia Tech. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. We'll talk to Jim Gazzolo about the McNeese Cowboys uh, as well. Larry Holder will join. Let, 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 let's go in order. First up, Wilson Alexander of The Advocate talking LSU football. Larry Holder. Um, 
of The Athletic. We'll be talking about the Saints and what to look forward to tonight and some other things around the NFL. Jim Gazzolo will kick off our number two, talking McNeese, followed by Fridays with Faust, George Faust, talking Raging Cajuns. Uh, George Becknell has um, got some work he's got to do, so we're going to preview Miguez and Mesh for our final segment. Uh, we're going to banter about, talk about a little of this and a little bit of that. So, yes, indeed. Looking forward to that. Um, the Atlanta Braves having some issues now. Marcel Ozuna arrested, charged with a DUI. That's never good for a team that's making a, a comeback. The Carolina Panthers have revealed their quarterback plan. Um in their first in, in Friday's preseason game versus the Patriots, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold will get the night off in week two of the preseason. PJ Walker and former Ole Miss Rebel Matt Corral will alternate quarters tonight as the Carolina Panthers take on the New England Patriots. Um, we were off yesterday, but the news came down on. Deshaun Watson, um, suspended for 11 games, fined $5 million. Uh, some people, everybody has an opinion on this. I will leave it at that. It is what it is. But even though the settlement with the NFL calls for an 11-game suspension, the Cleveland Browns quarterback could actually be out even longer than that if he doesn't comply with the terms of the settlement. Uh, the settlement requires compliance with a professional evaluation and treatment plan, according to Commissioner Roger Goodell. Uh, what does that mean? Well, I don't he'll have to comply with any recommendations made by the expert. And if Watson doesn't comply, his reinstatement could be delayed, which could lead to a suspension that lasts longer than 11 games. One of the big problems, according to the reports, it's. The fact that Deshaun Watson has not shown any remorse for the pain he may have caused the women involved in the 24 sexual assault lawsuits that were filed against them um, hasn't shown any remorse. He continues to stand steadfast, quote, I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence just because settlements and things like that happen doesn't mean that a person is guilty for anything. Deshaun Watson, there's a simple way of going about this, simple way. And you simply say, I am deeply sorry if these issues caused anyone any pain or any suffering. If you're not admitting anything, but you're showing remorse, you're showing remorse. And that's good. That's what you need. Browns owner Dean ha D. Haslam said, we respect Deshaun Watson's opinion. I do think in counseling, Deshaun will grow to learn a lot more about himself. If you know anything about counseling, it takes a long time to go through that process. So there you go. Uh, show some remorse, Deshaun Watson. Uh, that's all I'm saying. All right. Football season is here, baby. And the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to crown you the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. Now, you can score $500 to Chops Specialty Meats, a new grill with 
accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Raging Cajun football games, and there's even more. All you got to do is enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and The Game. Tell your friends. Go to it. I, I have a funny feeling this might be the uh, the biggest giveaway uh, that the game has given away to this point in time. And it keeps going and going and going. So the ultimate tailgate giveaway. What a prize package it is. So simple to enter. So simple to win. But you got to get in the game. All right. We'll take our first time out of our number one. When we return... LSU getting ready for a scrimmage. We'll get the lowdown from Wilson Alexander of The Advocate here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for those LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we welcome you back, boys and girls, as we are uh, trying to reach Wilson Alexander. Um, uh, no telling what's going on with that. But LSU has a scrimmage coming up uh, on Saturday. And... Um, Lots of things to look forward to on this one. Um, concerned with snaps. Uh, Garrett Dellinger uh, has been moved over to center, and it seems like um, a little bit of this, a little bit of that happens um, along those lines. But, hey, we've got the guy that watches them every every opportunity that they allow him to, and that's our good friend Wilson Alexander, uh, the advocate. Good afternoon, man. Thank you so much for your time, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well, Jordy. How are you this afternoon? I'm terrific. Um, am I correct that there is a scrimmage tomorrow? Is that is that accurate or am I inaccurate? No, I think you're right. Um, they're okay. practicing in Tiger Stadium. Um, not fully open scrimmage like some of these uh, other practices have been. Um, but, yeah, it looks like I think it'll be a scrimmage in Tiger Stadium tomorrow. All right. Uh, you got to listen to Matt House today a little bit. What stood out in your mind about what he had to say about his defensive contingent? Yeah, it was interesting. It seems like the defense is getting a little bit closer to sort of solidifying the personnel. Um, okay. They continue to say what Brian Kelly has said recently about how they think cornerback might end up actually being a strength, whereas when it entered the preseason just a few wow. weeks ago, there was a lot of concern at that position. Yeah. They feel a lot more comfortable about what they've got at corner. And then continue to talk about you know using multiple defensive sets based on what the offense gives you. Um, we've seen them in practice here use three linebackers sometimes, use two, um, use different fronts, you know, mixing up those personnel packages based on what the offense has. Okay. I've heard uh, through the grapevine that uh, the prize recruit, uh, the highest rated recruit from last year's class, Harold Perkins, the linebacker, kind of moving up in the rotation. He's going to be, he's going to see some time, isn't he? It seems that way, you know, that that he'll be in the mix in the rotation. Is he going to become a starter? Not right off the bat. Right. Later this year, we'll see. Um, but it does seem to be shaping up that he'll at least be in that rotation early, um, along with guys like Micah Baskerville and even maybe Wes Weeks, 
Um, LSU's going to rotate some at linebacker. It, it won't be quite like you see in the past with like Devin White's on almost every play. Um, they, they have a few different guys who they trust, and Harold seems like he's going to be one of them just because of his speed and his, and his athleticism, and he's just going to get better the more he learns. Uh, Wilson Alexander with us. Um, has the star of camp been this 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 transfer portal quarterback from McNeese? I mean, how close do you think he is to to securing a starting position when nobody even mentioned him uh, after you know uh, leading into fall camp? He's been one of the big takeaways at this point, Colby Richardson. That just even if he doesn't end up starting. The fact that he gives LSU depth at corner, which was his position that didn't seem to have hardly any. Um, he's an older guy uh, who's played college football for a few years, but you know he wasn't like a star at McNeese either. Right. But he transferred over and um, he added uh, about gosh thirty pounds. I mean, or not quite thirty, about twenty pounds. Goes from one sixty-seven to one ninety um, over the summer. And, and Brian Kelly said he's fast. And now that he's physically able to keep up. Um, he's been playing well. He's, we've been seeing him get a lot of run with the ones. Whether or not that continues, uh, we'll find out in a few weeks here. But, you know, he figures to fit into that rotation. And even if he isn't on the field at all times come mm-hmm. the preseason, which he still might be, um, he gives LSU more confidence in what it has at cornerback. That's awesome. How, how, what's the level of concern uh, that you feel, or more importantly, what LSU feels about uh, Garrett Dellinger at center? Um, it looks like he's in trinks there, but man, the, on those shotgun snaps, uh, the struggles have been alarming, to say the least. You know, Brian Kelly didn't express much concern yet. You know, he hasn't, doesn't seem to be hitting the panic button. Obviously, okay. it's going to have to get better because, yeah, it was affecting the timing of the offense. There was some that were almost being rolled back there at practice on Wednesday, and that, that can't happen. Um, and it'll affect the rest of the offensive line if he can't stick at center. But Brian Kelly was saying that you know he does feel actually feel comfortable snapping now, whereas that's been an adjustment because he's never done it before. But it's that they're asking him to do so much on top of it, you know, make the calls, make the checks. He was talking. Garrett said earlier this preseason, you know, he was having to get better at snapping and stepping at the exact same time. And so all of that happening at once is a lot. And listen, he's going to have to do it. He's going to have to get it together pretty quickly um, if he's going to stick at center. Otherwise, they might have to look somewhere else. 16 days away from the opener, so um, no time like the present. I think it's a huge day for two positions for sure. Quarterback, obviously, but uh, running back as well. Um, And from all reports I've got, if they started today, maybe Noah Kane is the starter uh, and and John Emery Jr. might be third out the the gate. I don't know. What's going on there? I, I want to ask Brian Kelly more about that after practice on Saturday because okay. based on what we've seen, you're correct. You know, it's been, uh, you know, we haven't seen every single practice, uh, mind right. you, but even in the ones that we've seen, it's been a lot of Noah Kane, a lot of Armani Goodwin, and then John Emery kind of comes in later. And he hasn't been practicing with the ones very much. He'll get a snap here and there, but it's not like he's shaping up to be the bell cow that he looks hmm. like he might end up turn into back in the spring. Um, it's, you know, Noah, they really like what they've gotten out of him. Um, he hits his hole hard. He gets downfield quick. You know, he's got to continue to improve on a few different things. But Amani's explosive. Um, so John is, seems to maybe have slid down that pecking order. But we haven't had the chance to ask Brian Kelly about that yet. And sure. I certainly want to on Saturday. Uh, is Kayshawn Boutte, uh, or excuse me, as he says, Kayshawn Booty, um, is he – 
you think you think he's past the mental aspect of this injury? Is he back out there doing what he normally does, or is he still a little tentative from what you've seen? He doesn't look tentative, and you know that was something that he and I discussed uh, right at the start of the preseason. When, yeah. um, was that that was kind of that last little hurdle that he needed to overcome his recovery was just to make sure that you know he doesn't make a similar kind of cut and, and worry about the injury happening again. He showed no signs of that during practice, okay. at least from when we've been out there. He looks like the old Kayshawn. Like, like Kayshawn looks ready right now. Um, physical, strong hands. The speed seems like it's there. He isn't catching like a ton of balls during team periods, um, the, the, the ones that we've seen anyway. But it still seems like, you know, Kayshawn looks ready. Um, I yeah. would be interested to ask him that again because we haven't heard from him since the start of the preseason. Um, but in terms of what you can see with the eyes, he looks ready. Is it safe to say, and look, some players are gamers, some players are practice players, some are both. Um, is it safe to say that Malik Neighbors has stood out amongst all the wide receivers in his ability, one, to get open, two, catch the ball, three, yards after the catch? All Yes, all the above. You know you know what you've got in Kayshawn? So every time he makes a play, it's like, okay, well, yeah, Kayshawn yeah. usually does that. Malik's the guy who's like suddenly you're seeing, wow, this He's probably made a jump here in year two. He was already a talented freshman, of course, but and, and he made some really impressive catches at, in his first year. But this seems like he could be shaping up for a breakout year. You know, you want to you don't want to say it all too much yet. You know, let him right. into the games. Let's see how it goes. But right. I mean, he's got such strong hands. He's quick. Uh, he, he can stop and turn on a dime. He's fast once he you know and, and, and accelerates quickly. There was this one play recently where it was just one-on-ones against Greg Brooks, proven SEC nickel, and they, he ran a slant route, and he had like four yards of separation on Greg that he was able to create wow. in just such a short amount of time. So wow. that would be huge for LSU to have a you know really solid number two and number three, along with Jerry Jenkins, to go complement with Kayshawn, because then defenses can't just zero in on Kayshawn. They have to consider everybody. Um, you mentioned those three. Didn't mention Jack Besh. He hadn't practiced much. Is he is he back practicing? Is he going to be playing in this scrimmage, or are they just holding him out again? Do we it's know? It's been a slow. It's been slow um, for Jack in his recovery. Uh, Brian Kelly said that he has uh, shin splints, and Jack, you know, for the first chunk of uh, preseason here, we would see him working off to the side with athletic trainers. He'd be dressed out in whatever, you know, full pads of LSU was in him and everything, but he wasn't participating in any drills. We saw him actually with the receivers uh, for the first time that we'd seen in camp on Wednesday, and that he was, but he wasn't still doing full team period stuff yet. Um, when that stuff happened, okay. he went back kind of off to the side, uh, him and Chris Hilton, um, who would, would be in the mix for that probably fourth, fifth receiver Um you know, spot. And so it looks like he's getting back, but it, it's been maybe a slow, um, somewhat slow recovery because um, he has not participated in teamwork just yet. Uh, in the Acadian area, he came in with such such high regard. I've, I've never heard a peep about the kid named Sage Ryan. What, what's happened to him? Yeah, Sage, you know, as a freshman, he was hampered by some injuries. And so he never really got going. We saw like a flash against Ole Miss because he started that game and Ole Miss was going after him and Sage was holding his own. Uh, this year, you know, they brought in Greg Brooks as a nickel. And so Sage has kind of been the number two. But I, I've talked to staffers who told me that, you know, Greg has really been, pu- excuse me, Sage has really been pushing Greg at that spot. 
Um, he's okay. also in the, the mix to maybe uh, return punts because he's so athletic. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, Sage didn't burst onto the scene as a freshman like you might have thought because he was a five-star and all that. Um, but mm-hmm. there does seem to be some encouraging development there. Um, and even if he isn't the starter this year, um, that maybe come year three um, that, the, that he'll be ready uh, to okay. step in. Okay. Um, Ogjolari, Gay, Smith, Roy. Is that solid gold till till somebody gets hurt? I mean, no, nobody's passing them up, are they? I don't think so. I mean, even since the spring, that's been the four, and there's been no signs that that has changed at all. Jacoby and Guillory uh, and Makai Wingo, once he's back, he's been out as well. We'll probably rotate in you know, a little bit along the line. Um, even Savion Jones might get us some, some play. But those are your those are your four dudes. Pretty good ones too. Um, uh, did they Madhouse? Did he talk about uh, you know he he specializes in linebacker play? So Mike Jones Jr. Greg Penn is that is that set or is there still some competition there? It seems like there's still some competition, and the LSU is going to rotate a little bit at linebacker. You know, Mike and, Mike and Greg have been the starters when they come out with sort of like a nickel defense, which is generally the base because they face so much 11 personnel uh, these days in, in college football, that those two have been your starters. But, you know, it's been kind of interesting when they get like a three-linebacker set, Mike um, actually kind of kicks out a little bit uh, hmm. to be almost kind of like an outside backer. You know, uh, Matt House said today that you can still tell sometimes that, that he didn't always play inside linebacker, um, which is kind of interesting to hear. And, Greg is you know, still needing to get a little bit more physical. He's been better about that, but that was something they worked on with him coming out of the spring. Um, they, but they have a pretty deep group there um, with Micah Baskerville, who's a proven guy, but needs to get more physical. And then Harold Perkins, who we talked about. Um, so there's probably going to be a few different guys chipping in at linebacker. But it seems like Greg and Mike are probably your first two. He is Wilson Alexander of uh, The Advocate. So what are you, uh, in the time that you get to see in this group, what other than the quarterbacks, what, that, the, uh, what, what what's going to separate? What, what are you looking for out of these quarterbacks? It seems like both have improved. Both are kind of close to one another, even though Jaden Daniels seems to get the first reps with the first teamers. Maybe maybe Brian Kelly switches it up. Maybe lets Nussmeyer start off. And who knows, right? I mean, what are you looking for? out of that yeah i mean guess you know rep distribution if there starts to really be some notable separation like you said Jaden daniels has been the first person to get those first team reps for most of camp at least that we mm-hmm. whenever we've been out there and it sounds like that's the case uh even when we're not uh but but don't yeah certainly don't count out garrett usmeyer in this because it still seems like yeah. it's a competition and um you know we've seen brian kelly in the past at notre dame sometimes that competition even extends into the season um, right so i'm looking for some separation to maybe occur in terms of rep distribution looking to see Jaden daniels just continue to stay comfortable um you know navigating the offense which he looked really you know at ease doing that on wednesday in their in their full team period at the end um mm-hmm. but i'm you know at some point they've got to name a starter um i it just might, i don't know when it's going to happen at some point in time, they're going to have to name one. We shall see. All right, Wilson Alexander, I can't thank you enough, man. Um, great job as always. And we look forward to reading in The Advocate in Baton Rouge and all over uh, your your reports on tomorrow's scrimmage. So thank you so, so much, man. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Jordy. I'll have a great all weekend. Right.
You're the best. Thank you, sir. Very, very much. Um, we are your home for the LSU Tigers. We are your home for the Houston Astros. And the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Uh, the Astros take on the Baltimore Orioles on Saturday, August 27th. You can be there. Register in the game clubhouse to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways powered by Butcher. AC, Lay Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, Saints Packers through the eyes and the ears and the mouth of Larry Holder of The Athletic here on the Jordy Helford Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Back 37 minutes after the hour, we switch gears to the NFL. Three preseason games tonight, Carolina and New England, Houston and the L.A. Rams. And, of course, uh, at 7 o'clock tonight, it'll be the New Orleans Saints playing against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Uh, Larry Holder of The Athletic covers the NFL, covers the Saints a little bit. Joining us as he does each and every Friday makes my life a lot easier, and I appreciate that. Good afternoon, Larry. Larry, how are you, man? I'm good, Jordy. Yeah, it's uh, you don't often get Friday night NFL football, so uh, I think uh, before uh, the prep season and college season, a uh, good one to uh, good one to kind of uh, watch and uh, see how how uh, how the Saints crew kind of gets through uh, the second round of their preseason action. Do you? Believe, there's only three preseason games, and and. and... Obviously, the the final preseason game, you, you don't play anybody. The Saints didn't play hardly anybody in preseason game number one against Houston, and they looked it. Um, what's going to happen tonight? Do you think Dennis Allen plays some of his guys? Yeah, I think you'll see a few more uh, starters and, and players who you would regularly see in the regular season. Now, that, that being in mind, if you see them, you're not going to see much of them, and Right. Uh, look, we're not going to see Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, he uh, yeah. uh, banged up his foot and ankle, uh, and uh, he was even a little bit in pads, but he didn't really uh, go through anything in joint practices. So uh, it would be a shock if he played tonight. So it looks like you'll be seeing a lot more of Andy Dalton uh, once again. Uh, I still think it would be a little bit of a surprise if Michael Thomas were to go. Uh, it doesn't yeah. seem like he's going to be going. So uh, you're you're trying to basically kind of. Take baby steps with him, but he certainly got some good work all week. So that's that's a positive sign. But uh, but yeah, I, I would suspect uh, if you were going to see any of your normal starters, you'd probably see them more in this game as opposed to uh, that final preseason game. I'm with you, Larry Holder, the Athletic. I remember talking with you, and I said, "How many quarterbacks are the Saints going to keep?" And you said, "Well, they better keep a bunch because of what happened a year ago." But man, this is a big night for Ian Book. He has not looked very good, has he? Yeah, uh, you'd have thought the last night would have been a big night for him, and he, uh, he certainly struggled uh, uh, once again. And uh, it's something that I'm sure uh, that this crew of coaches uh, might have a little bit of a different outlook on him than without maybe Sean Payton kind of pushing yeah. for him. I still think uh, if you're going to keep three, I think he still makes the roster. I, I still think he will, but 
Like, I think it just goes to show you, you're not, uh, I, I don't, and I don't think they want to give up on him quite yet, but I think, uh, I think we've seen that he might not be very ready for prime time, and mm. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of him tonight. I would, I would think you'd probably see you know, at least a quarter, maybe more. I mean, because you only have uh, Andy right. Dalton, Ian Book, and uh, K.J. Costello uh, on, on the roster, so you got to play all of them. So let's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I think Ian definitely knows uh, that he, he really needs to play pretty well tonight to at least kind of keep some confidence on there and kind of keep himself off that bubble. Exactly. Who else is um, who else is fighting for his NFL football life? Do you think um, uh, on this roster that um, really needs to start stepping up and playing well? Well, it's. I think it, you look at it in the sense of I don't, I don't know if I would say an NFL roster, but I would say a Saints roster, and I would look at yeah. the wide receivers just because I feel like they've got a lot of players who have experience. And how many of those guys are you going to carry? And you know, you know, last week uh, you saw Traquan Smith. Yeah, you know, he dropped a pass, and it's like it's almost like you're waiting for him to to finally, uh, you know, kind of improve and be a, a, a solid player within this offense. And he's just kind of up and down, and that's the way his, his career has been. And so, uh, you know, he, I, I think when you look at it there, that uh, the Saints have to determine maybe if they want to go younger a little bit some of their wide receivers late in the depth chart, and that would mean kind of pushing someone who's had a, uh, plenty of experience either out the door or, or somewhere else through a trade. So uh, I would look at it uh, I would look at it there. And then, uh, you know, I think um, you're looking at the offensive line and you want to see them uh, improve a, a good bit. Uh, I know they, they had their issues kind of this throughout this week in practice. I mean, that's a good Packers defense, uh, but uh, you, you – got to be able to protect quarterback and so i, I think uh, offensive line wise i think he, he, some of those guys down there uh, you probably see want to see uh what they have and uh, if they're able to kind of uh, you know you, you feel like you got six guys you know that's going to make the team probably seven with someone like a in my mind a, a calvin throckmorton uh, and then you have landon young you know that's to me you can count one two three four five six seven eight there but still you know i, I think the saints want to see more from some of those guys if uh, if you follow the ESPN, they rank uh, all the teams by position group. Um, and if you look at the Saints secondary, they have the cornerbacks ranked fifth in the NFL. They have the safeties ranked fifth in the NFL. You put those two together, there's no team better than that. The Saints are very highly regarded when it comes to their off-ball uh, linebackers. They're ranked number two behind San Francisco. And their edge rushers, they're ranked third, only behind the uh, Chargers. Chargers and the Cleveland Browns. So uh, it just goes to the point of this team is going to have to survive early and often based upon their defense, plain and simple. And that's what we had to see last year. And it's, it's even more of the same, even though you feel like the Saints might be a little bit better uh, equipped. Uh, if you assume that Jameis Winston is going to be your starter every week, that you assume that you're going to have a better receiving core. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this it's, it's, kind of another year where the offense might not necessarily be the personality of the Saints. It's going to, it's going to be the defense. And uh, hey, if you've got Dennis Allen kind of running the show, I mean, that's, uh, you, know, you would uh, certainly hope that that defense would be solidified and, and it really is. And I think 
when you look at it, not just corners, but just in depth at corner. I mean, you you probably feel really good yeah. <laughs> with what you got from your your two guys on the outside, what you've got in the slot, and then uh, you could put Bradley Roby wherever you want uh, in, in a pinch. And so you've got plenty of depth. I, I would assume that teams might actually call the Saints to try to pry one of those guys away, but I, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to be cut or anything. But you, you never know. Uh, but still, yeah, it's definitely going to come down to. Uh, can the offense kind of take a, a step forward? Uh, it, it starts with the healthy quarterback. You certainly need that. And a healthy receiving core, which you and me have talked about it. I mean, the three top say, uh, yeah. Saints wide receivers this year were not on the field at all for the That's Saints right. last That's year. That's right. Yeah. Vast improvement. Larry Holder, the athlete. A couple of quarterback things that uh, I want to touch base with you on on other teams. Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Todd Bowles, non-committal on Tom Brady's return. Um, they said after the second uh, exhibition game or preseason game, we'll see. He's, but he doesn't know exactly when that's going to be. If, if I'm a Tampa Bay fan, are you worried at all? Or he could just show up uh, the day before the opening game and be good to go? Well, right when he stepped away, and you and me were this happened last week, and we were talking about, hey, I thought yeah. Tom Brady was just probably going on vacation, and yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I think that Tampa knows they've got to deal with this delicately because I mean the next quarterback up is Blaine Gabbert. I mean that's Ooh. that's who, yeah, exactly. Who was right? <laughs> Double who Ooh. exactly? Uh, that would put them to be uh, probably. Uh, uh, third in the division, if that were to happen, uh, you know, with somebody like that. But still, uh, if you, it sounded like when this happened, Todd Bowles was saying that this was not going to be a worry. I know their GM uh, said it's not a worry, and I, I just don't think that they, you know, people were talking about our and, and the coaching staff over there, Todd Bowles specifically saying, oh well, he'll be back after the second preseason game, but they never. This, stated exactly when that would be in the first place. And so now he got asked about it again, and he probably doesn't have an answer. So it, look, does Tom Brady need a training camp? No. Uh, does Tom right. Brady uh, need to get acclimated with some of his weapons? Probably yes. not. I mean, his new weapons are Julio Jones and Russell Gage, and they'd be your number yeah. three and four receivers. And he knows his tight end, Cameron Brady, even though Gronk's gone. Uh, he knows what that offensive line is for the most part. Uh, you know, so... It's not like he doesn't know what's going on. And so I, it, it, is, it is so bizarre. I mean, if there's only one person who could get away with this, it would be Tom Brady. So I think this is, it's just bizarre that how this is going on. Another thing that's bizarre to me, and you tell me if I'm right, wrong, I, I can handle it. Um, I'm not a big fan of Matt Rule as an NFL coach. thought he did a really good job on the college game. Um, it's week two of the preseason, and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are both sitting. They're sitting out. And you've got the backups, P.J. Walker and uh, the Ole Miss Rebel Matt Corral, alternating quarters tonight. That that doesn't make sense to me, but you you tell me. I think it's strange. Yes. I, I'm with you in in that. And look, Matt Rule has made some weird decisions, and if they bomb out, he could easily be fired. And Baker Mayfield could be gone next. Like next year, they could have a new coach and a new quarterback. I mean, yeah. that's uh, you know, even though they drafted Matt Corral this year, that doesn't mean anything. He's a third round pick. I mean, they're not uh, if they're if they're near the top of the draft, they're going to be looking at. 
Stroud from, I think, some other quarterbacks that are going to be lurking because this can be better than the one that just came out. Uh, but you would, and we, we've, uh, I know we've reported the athletic about as well, uh, as well that Mayfield is going to end up being a starter. So what does that do with Sam Darnold? And I mean, are you looking at these other two guys as backups or maybe, I don't know. I, I think that's it. Are you ready to move on from Sam Darnold? I, I do think that this is strange just because it's not like Baker Mayfield's been there for a year. He's been there for like, what, three weeks, four weeks? Uh, so, yeah, right. I'm with you that this is uh, this is strange, and it's not like Baker Mayfield has uh, complete uh, a complete surroundment of the offense in his brain and knows everything in the ins and outs. You would think he could use some more work. It just seemed really strange to me. I wonder, are the Green Bay Packer wide receivers more – afraid of their position coach, their head coach, or their quarterback? Because Aaron Rodgers got a little candid about uh, his wide receivers, uh, drop balls, missed routes. Uh, watch them play the game of their lives tonight, right? <laughs> well, that'll probably make Aaron Rodgers feel a little bit better. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, look, when you, when you lose Devontae Adams and then you lose another major target, uh, Marcos Valdez-Scantling, he's in Kansas yeah. City now. And you're down to the, the veterans you know is Alan Lazard and the Cobbs, and then it's a bunch of rookies. I mean, Christian Watson, he has not practiced a ton uh, this this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they have uh, another young receiver that you kind of see make flashes but uh, hasn't done well, uh, Rony, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, so right. when you look at that, uh, and I think it, it was frustrating, the fact that the Packers went up against a very good Saints defense in the, in the last couple of days, things didn't go as well for Aaron Rodgers as he would have liked, and I think he saw that that they got some issues. And so it's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it, it's something that uh, I think the Packers, uh, they're, of course, they're still they still Aaron Rodgers, they're still a very good team, but you almost wonder if maybe they they take a dip a little bit just because yeah. they're they're missing some of these weapons that they're so used to in the past. Just remember, week one of the regular season last year against the Saints, Aaron Rodgers' passer rating, 36.8. That never happens, but it did. And and that's with his weapons. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's why he's sitting out tonight. Larry Holder, The Athletic, enjoy the ball game tonight, and thank you for joining us on a Friday again, man. It's always great talking with you. All right, Jordy. Take care, buddy. You take care. Larry Holder of The Athletic. We'll take a quick time out here. We'll come back. We'll wrap up our number one on this football Friday edition of the Jordy Helfrick Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. That's because you've already found the perfect match. For sports talk love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 55 minutes after the hour. um, High school football jamborees right around the corner. And Delta Media is your home 
for some thrilling high school football. There's nothing better than Friday night high school football, Saturday college football, Sunday and Monday NFL. It's just a great time of the year. Uh, this season's lineup includes St. Thomas Moore on the game, 1037 Lafayette, Acadiana High on MeTV FM 97.7 FM, uh, Caracrow High on Z1059, Southside High on Mustang 107.1, Vermilion Parish on 106.3 Radio Lafayette, St. Landry Parish, on News Talk 98.5 and Barb on the game 1041 Lake Charles. Make sure to download the station's free mobile apps to listen to your favorite teams either, either at home or on the road. Delta Media is your home for Friday night football. Your home for the next hour is right here. Uh, we will talk with Jim Gazzolo to get the very latest on the McNeese State Cowboys. George Faust will join us. We'll get the very latest on the UL Ragin Cajuns. And then uh, Matt Miguez and James Mesh will join me and we'll We'll talk about stuff like um, what's going on with the offensive linemen in Nebraska. They just keep throwing up left and right. What's going on? Are they out of shape? What's going on in, in Cornhusker Town? We'll talk about that kind of stuff and other things um, as well. We are brought to you by the great folks at um, Cajun Chef. Oh, my goodness, Cajun Chef, the greatest hot sauce ever. Um Bring a little small bottle with you wherever you go because everything tastes better with Cajun Chef hot sauce on it. Hour one down, hour two straight ahead. This is the Jordy Upper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and your home for the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two, and away we go on this Friday, August 19th, the year 2022. Hope you're having a great day leading into your weekend. Uh, my main man, James Mesh, back in the Master Control Suite in the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles, home of the McNeese State Cowboys. We're Simon where Streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And we're also in the Acadiana area, simulcasting on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. If you missed hour number one, we talked with us Wilson Alexander, the very latest on the LSU Tigers as they prep for a very, very pivotal scrimmage inside Tiger Stadium tomorrow. That could be the difference maker at quarterback, at running back, maybe the defensive secondary, offensive line. There's a lot of questions still under debate with the season opener against Florida State 16 days away. So we talked with that. Larry Holder joined us and we previewed the Saints and the Packers. Talked a little bit about some of the things going on in the NFL. But we begin our number two 
heading uh, west to the lovely village of Lake Charles, where we're going to get the very latest lowdown on the McNeese State Cowboys with our good friend Jim Gazzola, who covers the Cowboys for the American press. Um, and he does some great radio work with us. He just does a little bit of everything. Jim, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Jordy. Doing well. All right. Um, since last we spoke, which wasn't very glowing reports about this football team, um, what has transpired <laughs> since? Do you feel better about this football team now? Well, I, I think they're on the right path. I'm not going to say they're a, a, a 9-1 playoff team, but they're on right. the right path. It's uh, They're making decisions. They've moved one quarterback out, so they're down to two quarterbacks, not Skatum. And Cam Ransom, uh, Walker Wood will now become a slot receiver, which is where he played last year and had 14 catches. So there's some experience there that's needed. They look a lot better. They look organized. They look like they're headed in the right direction. But we haven't seen what they are on a field yet, and a lot of these parts haven't come together yet. Is is this year going to be a better year at quarterback than last year with the veteran and uh, Cody Ogeron, or is there going to be a drop off in your in your opinion? Well, I think it's going to be better. Cody was great as what he put up with because he had no offensive line and he got beat up for three seasons. Yeah. But he was very limited in what his ability was. These guys both have better abilities and they have a better mm-hmm. offensive line and they have much better weapons to throw to. So there's upgrades all over the field. So I, I wouldn't take last year as much of, except they were just trying to survive with a limited roster. Gotcha. Um, Jim Gazzolo, kind enough to join us. Nobody really talks much about, look, there's a new head coach and um, he, you know, 10 members of his coaching staff, eight of who joined him from his Valdosta state staff. What is your opinion of this staff that Gary Goff has come up with? And is that an upgrade in your opinion? Well, it's a huge upgrade for two reasons. One, they're, they're accustomed to each other. So it's almost like you've got a mm-hmm. complete uh, veteran staff coming together, and they're just bringing their package with them. The problem with, with Lake Charles has been for the last three coaching groups, the coaches have all come down from higher levels. Oh. And because of that, they looked around and said, what don't we have? And they were always kind of searching, and everybody knew they were searching for their next job. Gary uh-huh. Goff is coming up from Division Two and looks around and says, look at what I got and is happy to be here and wants to be here. And I think that's a big deal. Kids have told me we have a scheme this year and we want to be at practice, which would indicate to me that the last couple of years that wasn't the case. Yeah. Huh. That's good. It's all about attitude. And you can be a great coach and still get, let, let kids have some fun. I mean, that that's the way it's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he does that. He, he's with them. He's very, he's very organized, very perfection-oriented, but he allows them to be themselves to some extent. He lets the leadership come from within the program, and the kids have kind of taken accountability to that. And what he's done is he's transformed the roster. 58 players are new. 15 yeah. are from the porthole. And more importantly, if you didn't want to be here, he said, Go ahead. We'll, we'll bless. We'll bless you. Thank you. And you're on your way. But we need people that want to be here. 
<laughs> That's right. Of course, we we've mentioned it many times. Um, you got to go take on uh, Montana State. Um, and yep. that's uh, that's a, that's a daunting task to say the least. Um, as we come down to cases, September third, that that's not very far away. To be honest with you, um, fifteen days to be exact. Uh, so by this time, yeah. two weeks from now, McNeese will be flying uh, to Montana State to play a football game. Of all of all the position groups that are out there, which one do you think is the most unsettled and more most decisions have to be made as far as concerning who the starters are gonna be? No question about it, quarterback. Okay. okay. Uh, he told Gary Goff told me yesterday going into this scrimmage tonight, and they're back under the lights for the first time since twenty nineteen for the excitement in the town tonight nice. because they have a scrimmage. Um Every position is semi-settled. In other words, he knows the one, knows the two, knows about the playing time he wants to give everybody, knows the rotation of receivers, rotation of tight ends. And he's pretty settled on everything except quarterback. Hmm. And he said for the first time in the last nine years, he's had a quarterback battle because both of them were, in, were hurt in camp. They've only had a week, both being fully prepared. And tonight will be the first time that they will both be under center and both will play. It's going to be a hundred play scrimmage first and second team, fifty fifty, and okay. both will play with both the first and the second team. Huh. Decisions will be made. Are you allowed to go observe this? Oh yeah, it's open to the public. In fact, it is a big uh, look. It's, hmm. Let's be real. It's Lake Charles on a Friday night in August, where it's one hundred and fifty degrees, and we're hoping it doesn't rain. But. It, there are there are people that are interested in go. There was there was a decent crowd at the first scrimmage. He has opened everything up. Uh, we have at Lake Charles. This is the first year where we have total access to all practices. So I've seen parts of every practice. Wow! All right, give me a name. Give me give me a name that uh, that McNeese fans ought to be excited about. Um, that's going to be that's going to stand out and really really perform well. In your opinion. I think the, I think the running backs are going to do much better than people think. I look for uh, Dante McMahon, the returning guy, to have a very big year running the football. He looks faster. He was asked to be the power back last year. They went out and got two power backs, uh, one from Savannah State, one from Colorado State, that will take the load off of him. I think you'll see Dante McMahon play a big part of this football team in both the uh, passing game and the running game. How different is this defense going to look uh, with that with the the concept coming from Valdosta to here now compared to what was in the past? Is there a big difference that you notice? Not really. The big the biggest thing is they don't have Isaiah Chambers, the All American, at defensive end. They do have Mason Kinsey, who was number two last year in in sacks, and they have the number one uh, uh, Cordell Stewart, who was the number one uh, tackler in the league back. But their secondary is completely rebuilt with uh, FBS players. One of the secondary players from this year, uh, or from last year, Kobe, Kobe Richardson is playing at LSU. He went with Frank Wilson at LSU. He's so going to start. There was talent back there. Yeah, he may start. There's talent yeah. back there, but it hasn't played together yet. And tonight I think we'll see how well it plays together against two quarterbacks that are going to throw the football, not just one. Um, what does Coach Goff say 
he's looking for out of his quarterback. Does he, you know, because, you know, Brian Kelly succinctly at LSU succinctly laid it out. Take care of the football, get it to your playmakers. And number three, every once in a while, you got to go make a play. What what does Gary Goff look for in a quarterback? You, you could almost repeat that. <laughs> he says okay. the same thing. Take care of the football, get the ball to the playmakers in space so they can make their plays. Make a play with your feet when you have to. And he he says a fourth thing a lot. Be an alpha male. I want a leader, an extension of what we're doing on offense, on the field. He's come out and said, I will call a play. But every play has options in it. I want the quarterback to be able to recognize and get us out of a bad play and into a better option. Do you think tonight will determine who that starting quarterback is, or is it still going to be? I don't. <laughs> Jody, I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll have an opening until the guy gets under center. Um, I think both will play. He has said, and he does not like that. He's told me he does not like two quarterback systems. Um, but he has said he believes both will play on the opening weekend. Okay. All right. Well, I got to tell you, Jim, uh, you sound much more enthusiastic about this club. They're they're making strides. They're they're heading in the right direction, and it's it's one of the few teams out there that knows most of who their ones and twos are, except for the most important position on the field at quarterback. But uh, that'll play out, right? That'll play out. Well, it's as as I always tell people because everybody wants to know. He's going to have to name a starter at some point. <laughs> That's right. And then if you've got another guy ready to go, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. He'll let the team know before he lets anybody else know. So your sources within that locker room will be able to give you the give you the scoop on that one. But Jim, thank you so much, man. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, getting ready to pack up, get in shape, man. You're heading to that Montana State, heading to that high altitude. So get ready, big fella. All right, thanks. All right, buddy. Take care. That's Jim Gazzolo, uh, kind enough to join us with the American Press covering the McNeese State Cowboys season opener, September 3rd, 7 p.m. The Colonels traveling to Montana State, followed by another road trip to Houston to take on the Rice Owls. We'll hear the latest on the Raging Cajuns Friday with Faust here on the Jordy Heltberg Show on the game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media. KLFY sports director, George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. What's up, King of uh, Lafayette Television, Mr. Faust? How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just uh, got to breathe a little sigh of relief because we finished our high school football special at a later tonight. So uh, get that plug in there right off the bat. Six thirty on KLFY. Uh, we'll uh, we'll look ahead to the high school football season. First and nice. ten opening drive. Nice. I like that. It's very good. Um, I'm looking forward to Friday night football. Who's is it? Um, is it the regular crowd that shuffles in or we got some some up and coming teams that are going to make some noise this year? So, so yeah, 
you know, we're looking for Acadiana to always kind of be at the top of the heat there. I think Karen Crow's going to have a good year. My team, my, a team that I'm going to keep an eye on is the Abbeville Wildcats. They had a, a really good year a year ago, uh, and I think Abbeville uh, might be poised to have another good year. Uh, so, yeah, that's the team I'm looking out for uh, with regards to uh, maybe some, somebody that you're not used to seeing at the top of the top of the standings. That, that team might be uh, might be there. All right, let's talk about the Raging Cajuns. They've got their final team scrimmage tomorrow. Um, plenty on the line. I just talked with Jim Gazzolo of McNeese. I've talked with Wilson Alexander for LSU. And one thing that all three schools have in common, who in the Sam Hill is going to be our starting quarterback? And the same holds true for the, for the Cajuns. So uh, tomorrow's a big, big day, right? And um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. if he if you had to start today, who do you think would get the nod? If if I if I had to today, if I had to start, if I was starting picking a, if we were playing a game, yeah. I think this is just off a of base. I went to practice earlier this week, and when I was there, Ben Woolridge was taking all the, uh, the snaps with the ones. So okay. um, during, during our time there, right? I mean, we get like fifteen minutes to be there, mm-hmm. and then they shuffle us out. So uh, during my time there with the ones, it was Ben Woolridge, and Chandler was right behind him with the twos. And uh, and uh, maybe it, it would switch occasionally, but not not uh, mostly it was Ben uh, from the from the start. So if I, I think, I, I think, look, they, they've, they've got two quarterbacks that, uh, that really can uh, bring different things to the table, but I th- for my, for, I think Chandler has a little bit more um, uh, knowledge okay. uh, of what's going on, just because he's been around this program for uh, his whole career. Uh, ben, I think, might have a little more uh, arm talent. Uh, when I just when I was watching it on Monday, I mean, he was slinging it. Uh, not that Chandler, not that Chandler can't do it, um, but yeah, I. I, I I think Ben has a, a little bit. He's a little. He looks to be a little taller, and a little uh, uh, maybe a little quicker on his with his passes, uh, a little okay. stronger. But uh, that very very minute. Um, so I think it, it's kind of turned me too, though, Jordy, because I've always been a Chandler guy, right? I mean, he went okay, to Rumble yeah. crying out loud, so you can't you can't, <laughs> you can't you can't go get worse than that, right? I mean, a Rumble Raider, you need to start the Rumble Raider. Yeah, like that's that's not that's good. Dope. That's not good. <laughs> that's not good. Come on, Dillon. That's, that's not good. Yeah, I always crack up with these coaches. What do they think a George Faust is going to do if he sees the whole practice? He's got a three-minute sports cast. He's got to cover <laughs> UL. He's got to cover so many things. Okay, well, the quarterbacks look good today. All right, that's all the time we have. See you next time. I mean, come on, Coach. When I played right. at LSU, Basketball, Dale Brown, we had every practice was open. Fans could come see us. Media could come see us. He just he wanted to promote the program and get people involved right. in it. I don't get it. I, I don't I, get it. I don't I don't understand that either. And we're not giving out the secrets. I mean, football boils down to football, yeah. right? You you put yeah. eleven on eleven and you go out there and you you play, right? Yeah. So I, I whether I mean I get it if you're trying to implement something some kind of new uh, tactic or something like that you don't want you don't want them to see your trick plays or whatever but all in all hey we're gonna we're gonna get out there we everybody kind of knows what what offense you're running uh, yeah. and, and they know your style so they know what's coming you know it's not like 
it's not like you're going to get out there and you're a, you're a spread team and then all of a sudden you're going to drop down into the V or, you know. Uh, yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think that Southeastern coach is calling you up. All right, what they look like today? Um, who, yeah. who's, with, who's running with now, the ones? Now, now I will <laughs> say this. Uh, from On the high school level, that has happened. <laughs> coaches do, do watch. And, oh, yeah. and I, I've noticed that. So I, I've had coaches at practice in high school say, hey, George, don't 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 put this on. Uh, right. Don't film this, and, and and I get it because I mean they're in the same market, right? They're watching. Yeah. I guess everything's local now because you can get on the internet. But you know, if, I I I agree, man. I, I mean, the, what's the unless you're doing some kind of specific trick play or something, then then there's not really a uh, a reason not to have an open just, practice. Then just send your sports yeah, but, information director over to all the cameras and say, okay, shut it down right now. Um, right. You can watch, but shut it down. We don't want this tape. Anyway, um, we talk about right, the quarterback right, position. Go ahead. Oh, I just said I agree. I agree. Oh, okay. Okay. I got you. George Faust, KLFY. We know about the quarterback position. I'm going to tell you what, though. They had uh, four starters depart from that unbelievable season a year ago on the offensive line. How's that shaping up? Yeah, they're, 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 that's the point of contention, right? A point of concern, I mean, uh, for, for them. They they know they got they have young guys, uh, and they have um, – they have talent there. They're, it's inexperienced, though, and so you never know how that's going to work once the once the real games start kicking off. And and think, how, you know, are you going to be in the? I think that's what Coach Dez is, is about right now is getting them to know, hey, this is where you're going to be. This is where you need to be. This is what you need to do on this play. Knowing their job first, and then executing that uh, once the game starts up. And I think right now it's kind of learn learn what you need to know. So in the game, it becomes second nature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. where they're at with that. No doubt about that. Um, so offensive line is certainly of, of importance. The quarterback position yeah. is of tantamount importance. Um, the Cajuns have always had two or three running backs that, that, that carry the ball, and you don't really see that much of a separation. <laughs> they all run it well. We know Charles Smith is there. What's the backup spot looking like? Well, look – they have a host of young guys behind behind Smith there, and I think um, you're going to have to have a couple of guys that are that are going to be uh, able to kind of spell uh, him uh, because you know it, it's it no longer is it the is it the league of uh, or any any football team where they just have one guy and they ground and pound. You know, exactly. it's 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 more of a running back by committee. And uh, that's that's kind of the way it's gonna it's gonna work out for the Cajuns. I think Chris is obviously the man. Uh, then after that, we'll have they'll have to uh, they'll have to be a committee kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, the kids the kids are off of school and George is carpooling. They want snacks, and um, it's it's time to go to the drive through. That's it, man. You know how it goes. I was trying to avoid it too, man. I, I thought I had it. I thought I had it uh, timed perfect, but uh, it's all good, man. It, look, life is grand. I can't complain. <laughs> you're in the. T- you're in the. T- I know you can. You had great kids, great wife. That's awesome. Um, you're in the TV business. What did you think of the uh, the deal that the Big Ten signed with? I, I think every network under the sun that's not ESPN. <laughs> I, you know what? I just, some, one of my buddies sent me that. I didn't have a chance to read it. 
But look, no. <laughs> it's like eight, tra- trying- eight billion dollars. I mean, in the billions. Right, right. I look. It's getting outrageous, right? It's, it's kind of like everything else in, in, in sports, man. NILs, and we're going to pay every player, and this, that, the other. Uh, it's 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 eye popping. Is the best way to describe it. CBS could have gotten the could could have been with the SEC for like three hundred million. Um, they go and spend three hundred and eighty million to get the second best game in the Big Ten. So I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand yeah. it. But it, it, they're well, on every I, network. I'm betting. I'm betting they didn't think it was going to cost that much, or that it was going to come back down, or something. Do you, I, do I can't you imagine because you don't want to, You need to marry yourself to the SEC right now. I mean, that's that's where it's at. You know. Do you the know SEC what they is, were paying? Do you know what they CBS was paying to get the the the, the SEC games fifty five million a year and the SEC got got ticked off and they went back to try and when Missouri and Arkansas came in they said went to CBS and tried to renegotiate and CBS said no we got this long we're staying where where, where we are so uh, it, it became quite contentious between the league office and CBS and there was no way that uh, the SEC was going to do back. business with CBS again no way no way yeah that, well you know that's 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 unfortunate because i work at a cbs station <laughs> now no longer will we have the uh when does that go in effect next year I yes think it's next year yes. right yeah so uh no we won't have lsu on our air anymore with regards to uh, the saturday afternoon or prime time games yeah. but uh, that, that's all right it's okay. Just just listen to the game. One zero three seven Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles. Because we are your home for the LSU Tigers. It's just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's when, not, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Turn when do the turn high school the jamborees? When do the high school jamborees get underway? That's got to be pretty soon, huh? Oh yeah. Look, we got uh, Thursday and Friday of next week. The, the Kiwanis jamborees uh, will that, take place. I know there's a usually there's a, sh- a sugar cane fest jamboree in, in Iberia Parish. Um, where the uh, the defending 4A state champs, Westgate Tigers, are uh, you know kind of roaming around over there, ready to repeat um, yeah. in 4A. Uh, so yeah, there, there's the, uh, I know uh, Acadia Parish has a jamboree, Vermilion Parish. So yeah, they all kick off Thursday, Friday. Uh, a lot of scrimmages were scheduled for yesterday, and they moved them up. I know STM and Notre Dame were scheduled for uh, Thursday, and they moved it to Wednesday. So did Cecilia and Turlings. Uh, they both moved their scrimmage. Uh, so a lot of teams trying to beat that weather. And now uh, yeah. it looks like it's perfect right now here in, in Acadiana. So uh, right now. But uh, hopefully next week it'll be good weather as well as the Jamboree get started. I feel for the who's going to be the quarterback at St. Thomas More. You had Holstein, then you had Howard yeah. uh, Walker. Yeah. I mean, Walker Howard, and man, so, shoes to follow. Uh, Sam Altman is, uh, is there, there's there's two guys at uh, um, uh, Will. Uh, well, I forgot Will's last name, but uh, Will okay. Norman, I think is, maybe is his name, and uh, and Sam Altman. I, man, you catch me off guard. Oh, I didn't mean uh, to, I didn't I mean to name names. I know, I was just okay. I just I just looked at it. I was just doing a story on it. It just escapes me. I'm getting old, Jordy. I'm getting old. Oh, uh, so I apologize to Will. His dad came up to me a couple of weeks ago. I talked to his dad. I know him. Uh, Sam and Will. That's who. That's who's going to be the two two linebacker <laughs> positions are going to be quarterback. <laughs> for, for <laughs> Sam and Will. 
Uh, but oh, no, George, they, look, you, Jim Hightower's got got great great coaching staff. He, he, I'm going to have a, a, a one-on-one interview with him on our special, so you can uh, hear him talk about uh, the Cougars uh, coming it, up at uh, on, on at six thirty. I wonder if there's another school in the country who has more successful, as far as win totals are concerned, of, of a combination of their high school football coach and basketball coach. I wonder. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Sure enough. You know, I, I, I was talking to Coach Hightower about, the, you know, he's second all-time, all-time wins behind J.T. Curtis over there, right. John Curtis. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, I'm never going to catch him. He's at like 600-something. I'm at like 400-something. Right. <laughs> but I, I promise you their basketball coaches. Him, but I brought it up. But their basketball coaches can't even hold a candle to Coach Broussard. So I'm wondering, that oh, you right. need to put somebody on that story and figure that out because I guarantee you, they're, if, if they're not number one, they're, they're up there in the top five around the country. I believe that. Oh, I, you know what? Well, I, I – STM's really good about uh, uh, providing media uh, uh, information, so I, I'm going to get with Kim Broussard, who's the uh, who's the athletic director, and we'll, we'll we'll look that up. I think that would be interesting. <laughs> I'll get Tim on that. <laughs> I'm just here to provide for your shows, big guy. I come up with the ideas, you do the work. How about that? Uh, uh, well, I, 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 I'm an idea man myself, so I, you give me the ideas, and I'll pass along to my staff. How about that? <laughs> There you go. Pass it on. <laughs> Delegate, baby. Delegate. That's why he That's is it. the king. George Faust, go take care of those kids, man. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, Jordy, and I uh, look forward to talking to you all the time, man. You got it, brother. Tune in next week to Jordy Holdberg for Fridays with Faust here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. 36 minutes after the hour on this Friday. Hey, baby, August 19th. Uh, following our show each and every day, Monday through Friday, is uh, Miguez and Mesh. And we're going to kind of welcome them in for our second to last segment of the week. Uh, of course, James Mesh back in the master control suite and Matt Miguez in uh, his um, pilot seat right there in the studio. Guys, welcome aboard. How are you? Doing all right. How about you? Good. Beautiful Friday, Jordy. Hello, Matt. The, the, the traveling vagabond. He went from uh, Atlanta to New Orleans, and, and now he's back settled in and all that kind of stuff. Uh, is it is it a rumor? Are you, um, are you about to uh, um, say your vows uh, pretty soon? Three weeks from today, Jordy. Whoa. Whoa. During football season. How did you swing that one? that's a that's a long story um i I blame i blame my better half for that one 
Well, congratulations. That's awesome. All right. Uh, let's have some fun here. I, I just realized this. The Raging Cajuns are on a 13-game winning streak. After losing their season opener to Texas, they just swept the table, and now they're getting ready to take on the Southeastern Lions. Uh, Matt Miguez, I'll give you honors, sir, since you have Miguez before Mesh. Um, what kind of uh, drop-off, if any, do you foresee for the Cajuns this year? I mean, there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off just due to the amount of not only staff turnover but roster turnover that you had. Um, but, you know, I think either way they go at quarterback, whether it's Chandler Fields or Ben Woolridge, I think they're going to be in good shape. I think they're both prepared to do the job. Michael Desermo, as head coach, he's played here. He's coached here for eight years now. He knows the ins and outs of this program. Chris Smith at running back is a guy that's been in the program since 2018. He knows the system. You're loaded at wide receiver. You've got starters coming back on the offensive line. You have an experienced defense. And the the, the biggest factor in all of this, Jordy, is they have a pretty friendly schedule. Uh, now, do I see them going 13-1 and one again? Probably not. Uh, I, I'm looking at more maybe an 8-9 win team this year, which, I mean... For, for the Sun Belt, that's still a, that's good. a successful season. Yeah. I'm going with eight wins myself. James Mesh, what do you think about the your hometown Cajuns? I think for me, it'll definitely be a drop-off. I'm not as high as maybe you or Matt are. I'm kind of leaning more of the, the high end would be the eight and four. It'd be absolutely amazing for it to be nine and three, but it, I, I feel like this is the first time for Coach Mike Desimo to be the head coach. It's a, it's a different situation with people like Brian Kelly and Dennis Allen. This will be his first time running the show himself. So I feel like for a first year, they won't completely fall off the face of the earth, but it feels like 7-5 and five seems like more of a realistic How do you think Cajun Cajun fans react to that? Do you think they're realistic or, you know, they've had a taste of the, of the forbidden fruit there, you know, they were up there in the upper echelon. That's, uh, you know, you go from those amount of wins to 13 wins down to seven. That's for some, that's a hard pill to swallow. It definitely is. I think some will be able to handle and be realistic, but there are going to be some that I finally tasted a lot of success and is like, Hey, we're riding high. But for me, I like to try as be real, be as realistic hey, as possible. Well, of course, this—that's your profession. You have to be. I got you. But even, right. but even uh, as a even even as a fan, I'm like, mm, I got this you. one doesn't okay. look too great. Matt Miguez, did you play high school football? I did not. I played basketball in high school, Jordy. Both of y'all played basketball. We got three hoopers here. Um, <laughs> did you ever run yourself so much that you um, that you upchucked on the court or off the side of the court? Any of y'all? Absolutely. I have really? no. I always pace myself enough to where I didn't have See, to worry about that. Matt, Matt, you you're just not in shape. Apparently, Nebraska football players aren't in shape either. Their offensive linemen, according to Coach Scott Frost, are vomiting fifteen to twenty times per practice. And my boy Andrew Whitworth, who's going to go to the NFL Hall of Fame, said, uh, <laughs> "Duh, get in shape, dudes. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's uh, I've never that's, heard of such a thing. That's very disturbing. But you know what's what's even more disturbing than that is when Scott Frost was asked about it. He said it's not because they're not in shape. He's just working them hard. Talking Baloney. about his new offensive line coach, Donovan Riola. 
Yeah, baloney. <laughs> They're baloney. not used to being worked that much. Yeah. Here's another one. Uh, James, I want you to... The NCAA and their infinite wisdom, okay? They sent a letter to its membership yesterday um, asking schools themselves to help with NIL violation investigations. <laughs> In other words, hey, uh, LSU, UL, McNeese, you do the work for us and you report to us all the violations that are happening in your school. Are they nuts? Yeah, please snitch on yourself. That yeah, that's gonna work. That makes, that makes I, no I, sense. I swear, they're a bunch of buffoons. I don't. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Um, Matt Miguez, LSU Tigers. What's a reasonable expectation under Brian Kelly, knowing the schedule you have to play, where you have to play them? Uh, still haven't decided on a quarterback. You got a lot of transfer portal guys. As a whole, it, it's a whole lot different coaching against Army and Navy and Air Force than it is against Alabama, Auburn, Florida State, Florida. What, what, what do you expect from LSU this year? Well, the the realistic answer is anything above 6-6 six and six would be a success. But re- looking at, you know, all the factors, I, I could see LSU going 8-4. and four Okay. In year all one. Right. Um, James, how do you think LSU fans would react to that? LSU fans in general are always <laughs> national championship or bust. Right. So it'll it'll still be a hard pill to swallow, but it will be a good foundation piece. I I, I look at eight and four as well for the Tigers. I believe LSU fans would be happy with that. I think um, as long as LSU beats the teams that they're supposed to beat, and and don't pull one of these. Well, we you know we lose to whoever. Um, like what happened with Troy. Yeah, as long as they beat the teams they're supposed to beat and show improvement, and don't don't get beat by Alabama forty-two to two or three, whatever. Be competitive. I think LSU fans will adhere to that. If you could guess the one game on LSU schedule that is the closest to being a sellout right here and right now today, which game do you think that would be? For me, I look right away at Alabama. All right, that's your guess. Um, Matt? This isn't fair because I know the answer. Um, But, you know, if I didn't know the answer, I'd have to agree with James and say Alabama. I would have I would have said Alabama as well, but no, no, quite contraire, mon frere. It's the Southern University Jaguars because those Jaguar fans they're buying every ticket, they're <laughs> scooping up every one of them. Not one of those seats will be left behind, and uh, that's going to be a fun game. And it's it's the first time in the history that those two schools have played uh, on the football field, and that's a big to do. I, I don't know what the payout's going to be for Southern, but I hope it's a million dollars for their part. They don't have to travel. Uh, but I hope it's a million bucks. I really do. Um, we got Matt Miguez. We got James Mesh. James Mesh, all three basketball guys. Were you surprised, uh, James, about LeBron James uh, signing a two-year, nearly $45 million deal with the L.A. Lakers, knowing that the Lakers may not be good, and it's his legacy? Uh, were you surprised that he signed that deal? I'm not shocked at all. If anything, when you look at it, the – In 2024, he's got a player option, and by that point, the projections are that his son, Bronny James, will be in that draft and be in that league. So if he wants to opt out 
and let's say he ends up going to Cleveland or wherever, then he could opt out and then go sign with that team and play with his with his son like he's always wanted to. Yeah. Um, good luck with that, Bronny. Good luck. Um, <laughs> Have fun with your dad. Luck. Good luck. <laughs> um, we saw the Pelicans schedule, uh, Matt, and they open up against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I know this. I know the Pels are going to have their roster intact. What are the odds that the Brooklyn Nets face the Pelicans with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons in the starting lineup? In the starting lineup, zero percent. I, I think. I think either Kevin Durant or Kyrie, if they don't get traded, that they're going to sit out. Going to sit out. Yeah. I see. I see one of them sitting out. Good possibility. Good possibility. So, yeah, 0%. They're all three on the floor. Can can the Pels please get off to a good start to a season? I mean, it's been like forever and a day. They're out of the race before it even turns into the second month of the season, and they're out of the race. They just need to get a good start so fans will go watch them. Um, Well, go ahead. With with the Pelicans, I'm I'm always a little hopelessly optimistic. But this season, I mean, they – Brandon Ingram, a healthy Zion Williamson, C.J. McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas. You still got the young guys in Herb Jones and Trey Murphy and oh, yeah. Jose Alvarado. The talent is abundant. Willie Green's no a great coach. I think the Pelicans might surprise a lot of people this year. I don't, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, I, although I don't think they're going to surprise. I think people are aware uh, of the Pelicans and what they uh, have to are. James, I've said this until I'm blue in the face. I think the key to the season is, yeah, all those guys, can Herb Jones continue his growth? But Trey Murphy's the guy to me because that's your that's your big wing outside shooter. They need more of that to open up the floor so Zion can get into the paint and Ingram can create. They need that 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 shooter, and I think Trey Murphy's the guy. Can he elevate his game more so than his rookie year? That's the key to me. What do you think? I agree. I believe he's much of an X factor because looking at most of the roster, Jonas can shoot threes, but he's not a three-point specialist. Zion's the bowling ball in the paint. You got Herb, who can shoot, but he's more of a three and D and mainly focuses on the defense. CJ's pretty good as well, but you don't have that Clay Thompson sharpshooter type of guy. That's what you need Trey Murphy to be because Jose, as good of a point guard as he is, as crafty as he is, He's not a good three-point shooter. No, no. I, I believe the best lineup, and I like Valanchunas. I do. But I think you're going to see a lot of times when he's on the bench and they go small and mm-hmm. they're blowing and going. And um, You put you know, Zion you put, at the center? Spread it all out. Spread it all out. That'd be a great team to play a little bit of zone every now and then. Um, mix it up a little bit. Spread the court. And let's get it and go. Um, I really think they'll be effective that way. Apparently, Matt, uh, the Raging Cajuns had a pretty good trip in basketball. Uh, they just ended in Puerto Rico. If there's ever a coach, I believe, and I love him, but a coach that's on the kind of the hot seat, it's Bob Marlin. He's got to win. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's got to win, and he's got to win right now. Um, the the amount of talent that he has on this roster, you know, you you made the championship game last year, which was a huge step forward. But I mean, you're going into year twelve. You've only been to the NCAA tournament one time. It, it, it's time for him to deliver. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, James Mesh, NFL talk. Um, Tom Brady, 
Been away from the uh, the Bucks since August 11th. Today is the 19th. Todd Bowles said, "I'm really not sure. We'll see. We'll talk about it next week. Not concerned about it right now." Um, I, I said sometime sometime after Tennessee, but there's no definitive date for me. Um, does that affect Tom Brady and the Bucks in any way, shape, or form? His absence, maybe in the long term, especially since. You won't have Chris Godwin for a while, or he just won't be himself throughout pretty much the whole 2022 season. And you just got Julio, so you would like to see a little bit of chemistry between the two and them getting used to each other. But overall, mm-hmm. it, it's Tom Brady. Uh, I Even if he doesn't make it till the end of the third week and we're into the week of week one, even then, I'm not stressing about it because Tom Brady's Tom Brady. He's going into year two. 22-23? That dude's retiring. You don't think he plays this year? That dude's... Re- if he doesn't retire, he is seriously contemplating it. You think Giselle is saying... Um, Absolutely. <laughs> she's, she's sitting there in his ear saying, what the hell are you doing? Come home. Uh, oh, man. I think she likes that limelight. Uh, uh, yeah, this is... Look... Does, does anybody on the Buccaneers really – does Julio Jones still scare you? Doesn't scare me with the, with the Saints defensive backs. Um, their running backs, do they scare you? There's no Gronk. They don't – Tampa Bay doesn't scare me. I don't – again, it's like the Dallas Cowboys. I don't understand why ever – I know it's all about Tom Brady. I understand. But he needs help. And that offensive line wasn't great last year, and he got manhandled a little bit every now and then. The Saints sure had his number. They don't scare me. Am I crazy? No, you're not. Uh, I mean, Julio Jones still makes me a little nervous just because of his freak athleticism. But you, you, you make a good point. I mean, against against our secondary, I, I think I think I'm his not, game. I ain't yeah. scared of him at all. He's not playing at Alabama anymore. When you know he did all that. True. But uh, anyway, well, it was fun, James. Thank you, uh, Matt. Thank you. I hope you all have a great show uh, coming up. I know you will. But I appreciate you uh, spending some time here with me. So thank you, guys. You're welcome, Jordy. Appreciate all you having right. us, Jordy. Absolutely. Final timeout. Back to wrap things up. The Jordy Helper Show in the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Johnson throws. Boutte's got it wide open at the 10. Far side. He's in for the score. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to finish up the week. Special thanks to our guests today, Wilson Alexander covering the Tigers, Larry Holder, the Saints, Jim Gazzolo, the Cowboys, George Faust, the Raging Cajuns, Matt Miguez, and my main man, James Mesh, just having a little bit of fun. I appreciate all of you. If today, August 19th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. A couple of ex-Saints share the spotlight today, and they both turn 62 years young today. The Cajun Cannon. Bobby Bear is 62 today, and the left-footed Morton Anderson is 62 years old as well. So happy birthday to them, and happy birthday to all of you. I hope, I hope you have a great rest of your Friday, an even better 
weekend. Enjoy. Let's watch the Saints and the Packers tonight. Um, and come on back next week. Same time, 2 to 4. Same great station, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I'm Jordy Helpberg. Stay thirsty, my friends. Hey, stay healthy. Do everything. Just stay healthy, all right? Let's be kind to one another and be happy. It's the weekend. So long, everybody.